my top priority, as I said, is housing. And my second one is transit. Third is improving city services. We need to improve something. Olivia Chow, mayor of Toronto. She's got to solve something. Something's got to be solved. There's so many things that need to be solved. So there you go. Olivia Chow's certainly the biggest promise is uh, affordable housing. Um, you know, we've got a crisis. We've got a lot of people coming in. StatsCan has warned that we've got millions coming in the next decade, and we do not have the housing. So it is a big problem. It's a big failure at the federal, provincial, and the municipal governments across this country. How did we get here? Nonetheless, she has promised 25,000 units. But I do think, you know, when you say this stuff, you've got to measure expectations because she's going to have to do stuff to make this happen. Is she going to change zoning? Like, what is the big, like, headache that she's got to remove to get this done? Let me ask someone who lives and eats and breathes the stuff, Eric Lombardi, founder of More Neighborhood Neighbors Toronto. Good to have you. Thank you for having me, Alex. It's always a pleasure. All right. So I think there's a lot of excitement. The the language is what we want to hear, but we've heard it a lot, Eric, and uh, we don't get the housing. I don't want to hear the language. I want to see the housing. So what does Olivia Chow uh, have to do immediately that has not been done in the 800 other promises we've gotten to get this done? I think the first thing that she needs to do is step on the gas pedal when it comes to the former mayor's housing action plan. Bike pedal. And she pursue drive. it. Yeah. And I mean, and, you know, get things done but also with more ambition than what the previous mayor was pursuing and so i actually do think one of the ways that she can even build a bridge is to keep brad bradford who was one of her uh yeah. opponents in this race chair of uh, the housing and planning committee because i i do think when it comes to council he really understands this issue at a deeper level of detail than a lot of other councillors do um, so I, I think that's one thing that she can do to just make sure things are moving forward. She's saying a lot of good things. Um, you know, I, I love to hear good things. Also had the <laughs> provincial government saying lots of good things and not doing said things. So we've seen that a lot where, you know, we get a lot mm -hmm. of puffy rhetoric and, oh, big, bold changes. And then the changes are not bold or big. Right. So yeah. that's the state of things. Yeah, it'll be interesting what she does with Brad Bradford. He was an urban planner, but he was not uh, the friendliest on the campaign. Having no. said all that, Eric, I mean, he, he's been part of this build more houses, uh, you know, plan that John Tory put together. And as you know, they didn't put one shovel in the ground since 2019. So is this a zoning thing? Is this a permit thing? What is it that is the biggest slowdown other than all the bureaucratic talk and nonsense? I mean, the, the challenge is not, you know, the Brad Bradfords or even the Anna Bylaws of the world. The challenge is the actual council, right? So right. when you came to uh, create TO, it was either get something passed that allowed the balls to get rolling, even if it was imperfect, than to not get it passed at all. And, you know, the challenge with the city's own programs is it tried to build housing in correspondence with all of its rules. And I think everyone knows <laughs> that that's impossible. Um, so th really the next step is to actually make it just easier and to take away a lot of those stupid bureaucratic processes and rules that really don't create value at all. Um, and that's a real challenge that I think her coalition will have to grapple with that, you know, not all regulation is good regulation. Right, right. Well, yeah, she's going to have to go back. She's either going to have to go back on her using of the mayoral powers, which I think she's going to have to, um, because, you know, it, it takes one or two counselors to just 
stall anything. And we don't have time. Yeah. And so she's going to need support on council. I'm sure she will. Who stands in the way that you know of right now, Eric, on, on building? Because I, I do get the sense that they get it. Like, okay, enough is enough. You've got to get stuff done. So I get the sense that they realize there's a, a renewed urgency. But I do think... You know, it's one thing to say you're going to build it, but what's the expectation? Are we going to have it in five years? Are we going to have it in two years? Is there a real reality that everyone's going to get one of these lovely, affordable, or support-induced houses? That's what I want to know. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, Olivia did promise 25000 um, you know, rent uh, geared to income um, and other affordable mm -hmm. housing that the city would help facilitate. That's in the context of the city needing to build, you know, like, 200,000 additional net right. units of housing, right? So there, there's no way to do it without also facilitating more private creation of housing. And I, I would say council is fairly divided um, on being supportive of these things. You know, we have older councillors or longtime councillors, you know, the Jay Robinsons, the Michaels, to uh, Gary Crawfords of the world um, that have been really... Uh, opposed to any significant changes at all. Um, and then we do have this new, you know, swath of counselors that have come in, you know, the Jamal Myers of the world, who, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. really do want to go further on this issue. Um, so striking that balance, I think, is going to be hard. And I think if Olivia Chow determines that she's open to using those strong mayor powers, there's a lot more reason for hope. But I don't think she's willing to go back on that right away. So it's going yeah. to take a lot of cat herding to, to still get some of these changes through. Oh, cat herding. I hate cat herding at City Hall. But, you know, if ever there were a time that she does have the support, she's got the federal government yammering on about what I, I think they actually get in the way more than anybody. But uh, leaving that aside, she's got the <laughs> province and the feds on side. So there's really no reason why we can't get this done. I just do think, you know, she's promised so many things, whether it's the garden tear and all these things. It's like, okay, but let's get like really focused on one thing because we've got to get this done because Eric I'm looking at the city of Toronto we've got refugees living all over the streets homeless people we don't have enough shelter space she did mention to me during uh during I think our first interview or yeah uh, after she had won the mayoralty that she would be looking at old buildings to retrofit them that that's the kind of stuff Eric should have happened a long time ago ages ago and again that's the stuff we can do immediately and yet it doesn't get done yeah, I mean, all those things, I think, end up being harder in practice than they are when you, you talk about them. And what we've been yeah. lacking just broadly across all of governments is these system level changes. We've spent a lot of time trying to like legislate a better outcome without understanding why things and the incentives aren't leading to the outcomes that we want. And I think a lot of what things you know that we advocate for at More Neighbors are these big system level changes that... I think, frankly, the federal government and the provincial government are not serious about. And you, know, you can look at refugees, for example, that, mm -hmm. you know, Sabrina Matto published an excellent yeah. article in the National Post on this today, where we're bringing refugees and they literally have no place to go. And the federal government hasn't provided municipalities any support. And it's been ramped up at such a rate. They can't even get through on the phone feasible. to federal services for a work payment. Like they can't, they can't get any supports. Like that's the it, thing. It's, it's, it's vibe based governance there. It's not a seriousness about actually ensuring that the systems and resources are actually there to do the things that we say that we value and want to do. And it's, it's a shame. Mm -hmm.
It is a shame. And then we get the politics of it. And, and uh, you know, there was an op-ed, as you saw, um, that was written by, uh, you know, a liberal uh, minister who's supposed to be on this whole housing thing. And it was just, be, it, it, it's not, they're not serious about a solution. A lot of politics being played, but, but no solution. And that's what's frustrating. Well, I think the challenge for the federal liberals is that their predominant voter base now is university educated homeowners over the age of 55. And what they want to hear is that the government is doing something for the poor. What they don't want to hear is that the government is trying to address affordability broadly by making serious changes or influencing the provinces and municipalities to make those serious changes that are necessary to address this. And so, you know, I think Minister Hussein is very good at saying, without saying, that the federal government intends to protect home values and their asset prices. Um, and I think that's actually where the federal liberals are. I actually don't even think the PCs in Ontario are far off that perspective as well. Um, and so that's why we see this consistent lack of seriousness in the policies, mm -hmm. even though we have this puffery in rhetoric that says that we're going to tackle this that seriousness is just not there. Yeah. It's almost like we need like a, a shock collar that every time they say the promise, you have to shock them just so you know, if you don't deliver, you're going to get shocked and then they'll stop promising until they deliver. Cause we, we like we've talked about this forever and we're clearly not getting the delivery at every level. Yeah. I think eventually we are going to get there, but I think it's going to <laughs> I'll take, be dead. <laughs> I think it's going like, to take demographic change. I think, you know, my generation, you know, those who are under 40 new immigrants, you know, yeah. eventually the fact that we've been locked out of the prosperity enjoyed by um, our parents who are, you know, middle class and upperly mobile, and now we're, we're downwardly mobile, that's going to hit a tipping point. And I think change will happen fast once that happens, but it is going to be a slog until we get there. Yeah, it's, a, it's unfortunate that we have to pit, you know, generations against generations in this. But again, it's a lot of political failure. I keep blaming them, the politicians. Eric, we'll talk again about it. this. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so sir. much. Have Eric a great day. Lombardi, founder of uh, More Neighbors Toronto. So again, talk is cheap until we actually see shovels on the ground and buildings getting built. It's just talk. That's it.